This is the Negro League Podcast with Preach Jacobs. Ladies and gentlemen, what's going on? This is the Negro League Podcast. I go by the name of Preach Jacobs. Thank you guys again for listening. It's been a crazy week. Um, we are sponsored by Mo Better Soul Clothing. If you like Afrocentric stuff, stuff with a bunch of black shit, black people, <laughs> I guess you do. You're listening to the Negro League. Uh, go to MoBetterSoul.BigCartel and type in the code NEGRO to save 10% on your next order. You can also get the Negro League t-shirts from the website, too. It's pretty fresh shit. I'm all I say, sell myself. I'm wearing one right now. Really, really dope stuff. Check it out. Once again, MoBetterSoul.BigCartel.com. Code NEGRO. Been a crazy week, right? Been a long week. We lost Aretha. And um, it kind of caught me off guard. And not caught me off guard in the sense of we didn't know that she was sick with it. But it caught me off guard in the sense of, you know, prior to her passing away, as early as the day before, there were, like, reports that, oh, she's good. She, she's, she's awake. She's alert. She's talking to family and friends. And, like, you know, even Questlove was like, hey, this is why I don't eulogize people until they're gone. And we're thinking, oh, we got some more time with her. And then, you know, I wake up the next morning and it said that she passed away. And, um... It was a huge loss, right? Huge loss more specifically and more, I would say, selfishly, like for black music and 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 the heroes on my Mount Rushmore's, the Princes and the 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 Stevie Wonders, the Marvin Gaye's, the Michael Jackson's, you know, we're losing a lot of those people and there's not many left, right? I think that like I, I tell people all the time, I think Stevie is like the last OG of the era that's been going on for 50 plus years. You know what I'm saying? And and, and I think that we kind of just take it for granted because they're just fixtures that's always there. Like I was born in the 80s. There's never been a time in my life where Aretha wasn't a fixture in music. And to, to think about her impact on somebody like me, it's like if you look at music nowadays, right, it's like you can get away with a lot of shit, right? Like multi-track recording, where you can just be one guy in the room layering all your shit. Um, there's like filters and software. There's there's uh, what do they call it? Uh, Auto tune that in case you don't sound too good or too well, they can add some shit to it. And, you know, there's a, there's a visual component where there's videos and lights and all this type of shit, flashy stuff, blah. You know, to kind of distract you. And it's just like, man, Aretha came out. We ain't had that shit. Just her voice, you you know what I'm saying? I think I, I don't think we we really understand um, how much a voice is an instrument. Those powerful voices that go in front of the music, right? There's a lot of people that play behind the music. You play Aretha, people like Aretha, people like Whitney Houston. That those voices they play in front of the music, and she encompassed everything that we experience, right? Like like. She started in gospel, then it transitions into blues, and it goes into R&B, and like, like that's us. You know what I mean? We're not one thing. And it's that pain, it's that faith, it's that struggle. Those are the things that kind of intertwine. When you hear her, you get it, right? Like, 
the dopest shit about Aretha is that she has the ability to do a cover. And whoever did that original, they're like, yeah, that's not my song anymore. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, like motherfuckers like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's not mine anymore. Like, how powerful is that? Like, much as I love Nina Simone, first time, first person I remember doing Young Gifted and Black was Nina. Aretha does it. It's a different record. You know what I'm saying? And that's me being in love with Nina, you know? Um, it's just saying that this, she's just a different breed. And I think that we need to, as black folks, um, embracing music, we need to be able to celebrate those people um, and not eulogize them after they're gone. Like, let's make people blush, right? Like, let's tell let's tell people some nice shit. Like, like we're bad, right? Like, we're bad, and I'm saying we is in, in the music snobbery, motherfuckers. You know that some of y'all, if y'all listen to this, y'all kind of the same way. Where it's just like we will rattle off a hundred things we hate and can't stand. But you ask somebody, what do you love? There's no answer to it. And I'm sorry if y'all hear noise in the background. Like, this, there's a fucking fire that was outside my house. <laughs> Side note. I mean, whatever. I'm going to get to it. But it's like, you know, uh, the neighbor's house is on fire. And and it's like tons of fire trucks and stuff like that, to be honest, right? So I'm in the bathroom. <laughs> you start hearing, like, fire trucks and stuff like that. You get scared. You're like, oh, shit, I'm on the toilet. Like, what the fuck is going to happen, right? You know, that's like... Top 10 ways you don't want to go, <laughs> right? You know, so I'm like, look, before I run out of this house, if this place is on fire, nigga, I'm wiping. Because the last thing I need is to be on the news, <laughs> duck walking, right? But um, I go outside, there's all these fire trucks, and my neighbor was like, what's going on? Why are all the fire trucks? And I was like, oh, man, you know, I was just playing my new mixtape. <laughs> she was like, what? <laughs> so anyways... So there's a bunch of noise outside. It's also raining. It's a crazy fucking day. So fuck it. If you hear all that stuff, yay. But my, my microphone might not be that dope. So y'all, I might be just talking shit that y'all don't hear. But um, but now nah, I'm just talking about us as, as music snobs, right? Where it's just like, you know, you know the music guys? Like, I know a couple of people like this. And I used to, like, take it so personally when they'll be weird around me and stuff like that. You know, because I'm an artist, which is until I'm sensitive about everything you know sensitivity and security aren't necessarily the same thing but it'd be the people that like you be in the studio and i'm like oh, that's okay that's straight you do something great like oh all right mm, okay you know what i mean and you'd be like damn am i whack and then you hear them like hating on shit that's like unhateable and you're like damn what does what did this person fuck with and then like when you hear what they love it's like some obscure your record only made in Sri Lanka, 1977 in June, test pressings, but they're out of print. And you can only find them in some type of record store where you got to knock on the door three times and have like a membership card, like all this obscure stuff, you know. And then they'd be like, oh, you know, if you don't like it after you finally hear it, oh, you're, you know, it's not sophisticated enough to dick this, <laughs> right? It's like some shit is pop because it's amazing, right? Like. Michael Jackson was pop because he's transcendent. Prince is pop because he's transcendent. Aretha's pop because she's transcendent. Like, we really got to do better with telling people about the stuff we love about them and why we love them. You know what I mean? Like, the only time that that 
I have no problem talking about what's wrong is that there needs to be a little bit of discourse when it comes to shit that is affecting us. So, like, I'm a columnist, you know, and I get hate mail every week. Every time I write a column in this newspaper, it's like, oh, preacher's always talking about how shitty Trump is, white power. I'm like, well, yeah, because we have to resist, you know? We have to talk about it. I have to take advantage of of my platforms. Like, if, if I have kids in the future and, you know, it's fucking... Armageddon and it looks like fucking uh, uh, Book of Eli days, <laughs> right? Where everything is gone. And my kids are like, what did you do to help this pass? I got to be able to show them that I use everything to my advantage to stop this shit from happening. So, like, I really believe in that. But when it comes to art, when it comes to art, when it comes to the things that make our lives better, we have to do a lot better with that, right? Like, we need to do, like, a Legends celebratory thing like, yo, we love you. This is why, et cetera, et cetera. So if there's anything that the Aretha's passing conjured up in me, it's like, yo, we really need to, like, get our arms around the people that that make our lives better. And we're not just talking about music and not just talking about, you know, famous folks. But we got to also apply that to the people in our lives, right? Like, it's my birthday week. Yay, nigga. <laughs> right? And it's like, you get reflective and stuff like that. It's like, I want to make a list of 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 the things that, I'm sick of that I have control over like people that are toxic or people that are, you know, energy suckers. And I hope that, you know, if people feel like I'm like that to them. I want them to take me out of their lives. You know, it's just that I want to be, you know, conscious of it. I want to be conscious of the things I have control over. Like, you know, nigga, I want to lose weight. You know, I got this gut, you know? And so like, what do I do? It's like, all right, well, I got a part-time job at a record shop. A record shop. It's two miles away. I'm going to ride my bike to work. I ain't, I ain't driving no more. Like, things like that. Like, I have control over that. If I don't like my weight, work on getting it off. If people are toxic, talk to them about it. If it's a closed door or hitting your head on a wall, let it go. You know? And this year has been crazy. Like, I had to leave some friends behind. And some of it was, like, more drastic than others where you just outgrow people. And outgrow situations to the point where it's like, man, you be in a situation where you feel like, yo, I used to love this person. This used to be my brother. But if they died, I wouldn't go to the funeral. And I'm like, eh, okay. Like, that's what you get with your life sometimes. And we think that it's always going to be this, this overwhelming, drastic, fallout, punch and fight moment. But sometimes it's not that. And it might be cheesy. It might be cliche, but my birthday is this week. When they get there, that's some shit I'm I'm clearing out. You know? It's some shit I'm clearing out. You know? You can love somebody from afar, you can love somebody from a distance. You gotta be like, this is what I need, this is what I want, you know. And and I don't know. Like it's Aretha's passing really kind of hit me in that way too, in a way of of, you know, did we honor her like we needed to? You know what I mean? Like, like, did we honor like we needed to while she was alive? Now everybody's like buying all these Aretha records, and I'm saying that's what we, that's what we do. I, I can't get mad at that. It's like if that's something that's in the news cycle and makes people want to go back. I know that's just natural shit, but let's do better collectively. You know, it's kind of funny because like you know we're talking about this Aretha um, passing, and we're talking about like our legends and stuff like that. Like I was talking a couple of episodes ago about like Lauren. And I think, yeah, this week, 
uh, so the 20th anniversary of the miseducation of Lauren Hill. And then, you know, last week, Robert Glasper goes out and blast Lauren Hill, blast Lauren Hill about how she was this diva that just was difficult as fuck to work with, you know? Um, and Glasper was like, yo, I work with Stevie Wonder. I work with these these people, Herbie Hancock's of the world. Like, I work with these people. And if they aren't assholes, then you shouldn't be one. And I totally get that. And then I read some commentary about people kind of accusing um, Glasper of, like, attacking the woman that he's worked with that's been shitty. But he's worked with other artists that are males that that have been kind of shitty. And he didn't speak up on that. Um, I don't know exactly where I fall on that. But it's like, it made me kind of think about uh, uh, the only commentary that I've heard of, of men going after, like, somebody like Kanye, who's been, like, falling off a goddamn turnip truck is probably... Joe Budden. Like, I've said some shit about Kanye, but who gives a fuck about me, right? But, <laughs> you know, Joe Budden is, like, the only, like, mainstream big guy that's like, yo, fuck Kanye. And so, and so the other end of that spectrum, too, right, as, as, as I say how we need to, you know, celebrate our heroes, we need to call our heroes out, too. Like, when they fuck up or when they're doing something wrong or doing a disservice to their fans, to their people, like, we need to be that voice as well. You know what I mean? Not the Twitter hating shit, but, you know, there's other ways that we can speak on it, you know. Um, but, yeah, like that, the Glassford conversation got really, really weird. And whew, 20 years that Lauren album and it's like there's no other album. And it's like I, I feel so sad about that because it's like what could what could have been, you know. And it's like you think about the stories of these artists and how they treat people and, and what ends up happening afterwards. And it's like, you know, <laughs> Nikki, 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 I was about to say Nikki Giovanni. Nah, Nikki Minaj's album came out and she's like attacking people on Twitter and fussing at Travis Scott when her album debuted at number two. And she's like, nah, my album is actually number one because Travis Scott was actually selling albums with his um, tour merch. And plus, you know, Travis, married to Kylie or has a baby with Kylie and she reposted something with the baby and so that was in the spotlight and it's just like nigga <laughs> like I don't want to be that point where it's like we can't be happy with great shit right it's like that's one of the things I want to do you know after the birthday it's like I don't want to gripe about stuff I want to I want to spend mu- as much time talking about what I need to improve in my life much time doing that as I do the shit that's great in my life. And I think that's a, a challenge for all of us, right? Like, what can we do to, to acknowledge the great shit, man? Like, yo, nigga, you woke up this morning. Nigga, you got a, <laughs> you got a HBO subscription that your homeboy gave you the password for. Speaking of that, I'm going to talk about Insecure in a second. But it's like, life is good, man. This is coming from somebody that's that's dealt with depression and dealt with suicide attempts. Like, life is good, you know? And I want to keep it that way. I want to keep it going on. Like, yo, it's, it's worth it. It's like, my favorite rappers of all time, like, Jay is number one, right? Scarface ain't far away from that. And I met Scarface uh, a couple of years ago. I was in Charlotte, and the Ghetto Boys came, and... I came up with Scarface, and I was just like, yo, man, like, um, 
I gave him a CD, right? <laughs> like it's 1979, right? But I gave him a CD. I signed it. And I was like, yo, um, I just want to thank you because somebody like him, he was one of the, few, the first hip-hop artists that talked about depression and talk about suicide. Like, we don't give Face Mob the credit that he deserves. And I went to him and I'm like, yo, like, you one of the first people that talked about this and you inspired me, you influenced me. And it's like, I've dealt with depression and suicide and, like, you, your words help. And Scarface is like, I love you. He's just like, live your life, man. You're going to love it. Dap me up, introduced me to his son, and we talked for, like, a few minutes. And he was just the coolest motherfucking cat in the world, right? <laughs> this is the dude that was about a ghetto voice, right? Like the nicest motherfucker. Now, now running around there somewhere, there was Willie D and there was Bushwick Bill. I wasn't going to say anything to Bushwick Bill because he looked terrifying. And let's be honest, the only person I wanted to talk to was Face Mob. So like after I talked to Oscar Face, I like I just left because <laughs> I was like I don't want to fuck it up. <laughs> I don't want anything else happening to fuck this up. So we go home. But um, nah, like we're defined by how. We treat people, and more specifically, how we treat ourselves, right? It's like, I want to be better at all the stuff that I can control. So, I don't know. Dealing with the passing of Aretha and and and, and turning older, turning older, getting older, and, and those are the things that you want to reflect on. It's like, the stuff that I don't like, stuff that I hate, how much control do I have over it? And I have a bit of it. Have a bit of it. So I want this to be more of an empowering week than kind of falling through the cracks of things that's been frustrating me, right? Speaking of frustrating me, (laughs) I've been watching uh, Insecure's episode two, season three, and um, gosh, it's a lot of stuff that's just driving me crazy about it, right? It's like, can we, all right, we're in the trust tree, right? So one of the things that the show kind of hangs its hat on is the music. Like the music is kind of one of those like main things of that show that they brag about. Yo, we're dope at this. We're fantastic at this, you know. Um, and, and like we go through it like every week where we're talking about, oh, shit, what were these songs that they played? If that's the case... Could they have spent a little more time with whatever the music was, the stock production music was that they have for Daniel? Like when he's in the studio, like bobbing his head, like, mm, oh yeah, this shit gonna kill these niggas. Like, nigga, this shit is awful. <laughs> this shit is terrible. It's like, yo, like, doesn't Raphael Sadiq work with like the soundtrack? Don't y'all have like all these producers that would kill to have stuff on here? Oh my God. Like, there was literally a part, and it's not a spoiler. But like there was a part where it's like, you know, Daniel's in a club with, with Issa. And he's like, yeah, you know, I want to work with that artist on stage and some guy rapping or whatever. And he's like, you know what I want to do? I want to make more stuff like this. And he goes in her ear and starts beatboxing. He's like. <laughs> and Issa's like, oh, my goodness, that's so tight. Wow, that's tight. And I'm like, did this nigga just beatbox <laughs> in a loud club to tell her what he's trying to do? Like, no, 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 no. And plus the fact that she's saying with Daniel is kind of crazy. Just stay with Molly. And that shit, it would be no season, right? Because it's like, just stay with Molly. Like, your lawyer friend who's rich, they got a big place, and they try to say, oh, Issa can't stay because back in 2005, she broke her vase. Like, really? Really? That's their, that's their friendship is going to be that petty. All the shit they went through, that's going to keep these motherfuckers from, from living together? Stop it. Issa, move in with Molly. <laughs> right? 
But um, I love the show. I enjoy the show. It's fun. Um, I'm still Team Lawrence. Shout out to Lawrence, who apparently ain't on this season at all. So that's fucking crazy. But um, yeah, go for it. But um, yeah, outside of that, damn, what other shows am I watching? Like, last week was pretty heavy with uh with Black Clans, but I don't know if there's anything else that's worth watching lately. I mean, Random Acts of Flightness is really dope. Like, I'm really, really impressed with that show, and and I think it's a very necessary show. Um, Better Call Saul is pretty amazing writing. But other than that, I, I can't think of anything, you know. <laughs> Which next week is going to be a list of like things to do uh, other than watch football and NFL when the NFL season starts. It's like the NFL is kind of like Walmart, right? It's like, look, man, I used to run an independent record store. Like, I understand what it's like to run an independent shop and people coming in and saying, oh, we're not going to shop at your record store. We're going to go to Best Buy because the CDs are cheaper because Best Buy is able to get Lost Leader. And Lost Leader is basically they literally lose money on a product on purpose just to bring you in for something else. So if you're selling CDs and that's all you sell, you really can't compete with a Best Buy that literally loses $3 per CD just to bring you in there. And what made it worse about a record store, like there was a Best Buy like across the street from my shit. Like it was just terrible and it closed down. And so I say that to say the NFL is kind of like Walmart because like I used to hate going to Walmart. I never go to Walmart. I hate Walmart. It's like it kills the little, <laughs> the little people in towns. It's like, you know, sort of like what Amazon is doing. It's swallowing all these motherfuckers up. But... Let's be honest. No matter how much you try to avoid Walmart, there's going to be a time in the, in the year from January 1 to December 31st. You, there's at least going to be a few times that year where you're going to have to go to Walmart. Period. Right? And I feel that way about the NFL, right? It's like I want to stay away from it. I don't want to watch it. I don't want to be around it as much as I love my Eagles. But it's like I know at some point I'm going to go to a bar. some point I'm going to go to a restaurant. So how do we how where's the line to draw? How do you do it? What do you do? Like that type of thing, right? Because it's like I'm torn by it, right? Like I, I I don't like what they're doing. I don't like this this um visceral thing that they have against the labor force. It's like 80 something percent look like black people and they're not respected. You know, I still feel like all these black folks need to be like, nah, I'm not playing. Even for one game, look how much money they'll lose. But there's so many people that are so fucking terrified about not having a job that they're not going to they're not going to do that. So I'm really torn about, you know, the injustice that they have on somebody like Kaepernick and how much they don't care about uh uh what he was talking about. But there's so many black people that's in the league that you root for. So it's one of those things it's like, you know what I mean? Like you ever got like a a a friend that like gets married to somebody and you don't like their wife or you don't like their husband, but you still love your friend. Like, hey, go for it. Yeah, hey, man, I cheer for you, but I can't fuck with your I can't fuck with your mate because they're just shitty people, <laughs> right? In the NFL, it's like the shitty spouse, you know. So I don't know. Like, I I think I want to figure out what to be productive with with that and and the lines to kind of draw with all that type of stuff. But you know, um, the NFL is fast approaching. It's still preseason, and and it's kind of funny because it's like as much as I hate. The sports shows, as far as like all the you know, the 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 barbershop debate stuff, like that'll probably be the best way I'll hear about the NFL to hear and root for players that I, I have love for, but I'm not gonna endorse the sport and put money in their fucking pocket. So it's really kind of a weird thing, but um, ah, fuck it. Um, what else is going on, man? 
Yeah, Aretha's passing is just like a big, big chunk of of your soul. You know what I mean? Like if if your soul is is um operating correctly. Like I'm working on an editorial about Aretha now. And it's like I don't want it to be a eulogy because I who who am I? Like I don't have the the skilled hands to perform surgery on something like that, right? But my opening sequence, my opening sequence, my opening sentence, for the most part, it's not verbatim, but it was basically saying, I once saw someone wear a shirt that said, I met God, she's black. But it should have included, and if she was to sing, her voice would be Aretha's. And that's how I feel. We lost a great one. So play her records, stream her money, stream her money, stream them records, buy records, you know, people you love, hug them, kiss them, and um, think about something that you appreciate in your life right now. And I appreciate a lot of stuff, but I really, really appreciate you for listening. So thank you guys so much. Once again, this is the Negro League Podcast. I go by the name of Preach Jacobs. Once again, we're sponsored by Mo Better Soul Clothing. You can go to mobettersoul.bigcartel.com. Type in code NEGRO to save 10%. And um, that's it. Love you guys. I'll be touching you.